1: Just like that, final hour here for the Monday edition. Hot mic with Putney Withrow here on the Outkick Network. six and Peabody, our location with eHop Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Coming up in 20 minutes, Bobby Carpenter will join us. Always a great football discussion there. Chad, uh, Rashard Mendenhall has certainly stirred up the discussion with his, uh, his post on X. His X post. His X post, yes. Uh, former Steelers running back. Uh, Richard Mendenhall posted, I'm sick of average white guys commenting on football. Y'all not even good at football. Can we please replace the Pro Bowl with an all black versus all white bowl so these guys can stop trying to teach me who's good at football? I'm better than your goat. That from Richard Mendenhall uh, earlier this morning. Let's, uh, if we can, guys, let's leave that
2: post on X up on the screen a little bit. Break this down. Because I kind of want to
1: dissect this yes. thing
2: uh, piece by piece. First off, Congrats, Richard. This, my friend, is a take. This is a hot take. I, I, I do love well, the attempt being made here, and it, it is very spicy, and I love it for that reason. I'm sick of average white guys commenting on football. Um, average people at something comment on things all the time. I don't, I need to know who specifically he's calling out here because this is what Hutton Weed called back in the day a subtweet but now that Twitter doesn't exist, I guess it's a sub post. Yes, he's clearly sub posting someone because they said something about, I'm guessing, a black player in the NFL. He took offense to it, and he's talking about now. I'm sick of average white guys
1: commenting on football. I, can I think? I, I again, I'm trying. I'm trying to tie this in. Yeah, is this about Peter King and what he said about Mike Tomlin? Minton Hall played for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah, and. Tomlin's record speaks for itself, which we open the show with. I, I don't... Can he pick I, it? White? It could
2: be. It could be. I think, though, he's talking about a guy who played in the league. Okay. That's an average player to below, probably. I'm sick of average white guy. What is, average white guys, average white players, or just average white guys?
1: I think it's... Well, the Pro Bowl would be the players.
2: What is the, uh, the Nate Bargatze stand-up? You know, the world's greatest average American... I think it was named one of his stand-ups. So is I mean, it just any average white
1: it, guy can't comment? Here, here's also why uh, you said you, you love the, this is really the take, authentic. It's also true. I mean, that yeah, Pro Bowl I'm, would be, that would be a massacre worse than 70 to 20 that we saw Miami put on I think the earlier all, this year.
2: Uh, to Richard's hypothetical scenario here, I'm pretty sure the all-white team, would have a hard time covering some guys on the perimeter, yeah. With corner play, I mean, get, do I don't we, think that would be uh, advantageous we get, at all. Does Jason Seahorn get to come back and put pads on? I don't think Jason Seahorn's not walk, ain't walking through that door anytime soon, Hutton. So the white cornerback play in the league could could be an issue for that team. So yeah, he's not wrong. Y'all not even good at football, going piece by piece. (laughs) Can we please replace the Pro Bowl with an all-black versus all-white bowl? Because that's exactly what this country needs right now. Let's just divide the races even more. All-black, all-white, that's what America wants to see in the Pro Bowl. Rashard Mendenhall, not a unifying force,
1: a dividing force is what I'm seeing here. A draft of this would be amazing.
2: So these cats can stop trying to teach me who's good at football. I'm better than your goat. Now, I don't I really need to get to the bottom of this last part. Of it. Who is he? He's better than the GOAT white running back, which right now is Christian McCaffrey, which uh, I hate to break it to you, Richard, you were never better than Christian McCaffrey right. on his worst day. Uh, are we going back to like John Riggins? Uh, who are you saying Larry Zonka, like the GOAT white running back of all time? Or are you talking about Mike Tom Allstar? Brady? The GOAT, Mike Allstott? <laughs> I mean, go down the list. I, I don't. I don't know who exactly he's talking about with the goat Same. comment there. Same. Um, look, I, I love a good hot take, and this is the hottest of takes right here from Rashard Mendenhall. Hutton, you brought up. The, you said something about a draft. Yes. If we if we could draft, I, I would love to do something like that to see what these teams would look like. Um, now he's not wrong. That if you divided it up by race, I, I'm if I'm betting and putting all my money on a
1: team... No one's keeping up with Tyreek Hill.
2: I'm taking the black team because <laughs> the white team has no defensive backs. Uh, so that's going to be an advantage for the, for the all-black team in this scenario. But imagine flipping that around <laughs> if someone yeah. said that. If J.J. Watt posted you know i'm tired of average black players saying this let's divide them up and go all white versus all yeah, black it would be
1: a kicking competition yeah
2: though. the guy would be banned from x he'd probably go to some you know social media outpost that i don't even know that exists i don't think right Elon Musk now, is banning anyone
1: though. that's the good thing
2: oh uh, yeah well youtube would definitely ban him if he said it there uh, maybe not maybe not he probably who not. knows yeah self-sabotage probably not. could be from cbs yes. or whoever reported it correct um uh, it, it's a hot take. Look, I, I'm not gonna get too I mad over a, over
1: a, a hot take. This is the hottest of takes from Rashard Mendenhall. More likely to happen: this Pro Bowl or Clay's high school team taking on the WNBA team.
2: Say that one more time. Sorry, I was oh, sorry. reading. I was reading. More likely,
1: more likely: this Pro Bowl matchup or Clay's high school team taking on the WNBA team. I,
2: I would, I would watch either. I'd pay good money to watch either. But 34 um,
1: which is what the IRS charged Clay.
2: I'd say that uh, the, the the desire for money in this would win out and that Clay's has a better chance of actually happening. I don't think the oh. league is going to go for this. The league, who, by the way, just went to a flag football right, game. Right, this will be a flag game. For their, for their pro Bowl is now going to say, you know, Rashard's on to something. I think the, the ratings dipped a little bit this last year, so we're going to up the ratings for it and go all black versus all white in our pro Bowl. Don't I don't see the, the league making that decision.
1: I'm better than your goat.
2: That's the one I don't understand. Is he talking about analyst? I'm better than the average
1: white guy analyst. I guess so. Or I'm so. better than the. Because it goes best... back to white guys commenting on football. Yeah. Are
2: you better than Tom Brady? Were you more important than Tom Brady as a player? I'm. I'm confused by what his argument is there. Dude. Yeah. We yeah. need to try to get Richard Mendenhall on this show. Or, that's what I'd love to do. I'd love to draft against Rashard Mendenhall. He drafts, we draft, and we see what the rosters look like in the end. I'm going to raise my hand and say I'm probably going to take Rashard Mendenhall's roster. What's the spread at the end of that? What's the draft, spread in Vegas? But I'd like to do it either way. Minus what? Oh, minus eleven. Oh, minus eleven points. That's it. You, you think it'd be higher than that? Oh yeah. Without defensive backs? Yes. Yeah, probably so. What's yes. the biggest line in the NFL this year? 14? Uh, just,
1: uh, not even defensive backs. I 15? That, uh, no the the long, the largest spread. Uh, when it closed was uh, Miami and uh, Tennessee on Monday night. When it was Tennessee 14 and won. a half,
2: I think, or 15.
1: No, it was uh, 13, 13 and a half, I think. So they covered. It's
2: probably going to be a little bit more than that. Maybe minus
0: 17.
1: Rashard's uh, team no, I, versus I, the I all-white team, minus 17. I think it's much more than that, Chad. I really, really? do. Wow. Yes. Yes. I
0: know the highest spread covered by a team this year, 17 and a half, and that's uh, the Giants versus the Cowboys, but the – the game you were referencing uh, the, the was underdog. the biggest win. F- yeah, against the, the underdog. Spread. Yeah, was I, the biggest underdog win. We would
1: be. Yeah. yeah, I'm saying our team here. If we drafted this with Mendenhall, uh, this would this would set records. If we covered, if our team covered the spread, that would be a headline.
2: Let's get Richard Mendenhall on the show because I just really want to ask him to clarify that last part. I'm better than your goat. Who is the goat you're referencing?
1: I, I, Do you think you'd have a good answer to that? Think, or are you just saying, oh, I is, just got to look This is away. geared more about the the average guy commenting. Uh, so I think he's closing with the same mindset. So I'm assuming that he – is he talking about Schefter? I mean, who's he talking about? That's what I don't understand. Like, there's differences That's why between, I think this could be the Peter King report.
2: But, yeah, like, if you, uh, you're better than the goat of guys who didn't play football that cover the NFL, yeah, okay, absolutely you are. You played 11 years – in the NFL, or I'm gonna look up as a are you quick. better than the best white former player that's an analyst? Uh, Peyton and Eli Manning, no. Matt Ryan, no. J.J. Watt, no. Uh, you talking about Adam Archuleta? Okay.
1: No, I, maybe. I, no, I'm not. Maybe he. Maybe he's right. No, nope, none of those guys are sending this. None of these guys are posting this. I. I you I think, see what I'm saying?
2: I think the Manning cast should fire back and say, "Let's let's draft. <laughs> let's make this because they're the coaches, right?" A year ago, they coached each, you're right. each Pro you're, Bowl you're team. You're right.
1: You're right. It I, would be McAfee I think, now.
2: I don't think the Disney Corporation wants any part of
1: that, quite frankly. But Oh, I think it would be McAfee now. Is McAfee the go?
2: Oh, is, is he saying he's better than McAfee? I don't know. I'm, I'm saying that could be the coach. Uh, Davey, have we reached out to Rashard Mendenhall as a show? before this or no not yet we will though we're gonna we're gonna put
1: this request in this is the verbal request this is my verbal request it is in writing as well let's let's
2: reach out to him so at least we can come on this show and say that we reached out and have not heard back
1: if he doesn't respond i mean i think he may i think he may come on do the draft he should do the draft now. i I think we should bring it i think we ask him and say look two average white
2: guys here just reaching out friend-to-friend, man-to-man, American-to-American. Please that, hop on our show. Yep. We acknowledge that you are better than our goat if our goat is one of us because you're better at football than us. We'd love to ask you about the last part of your post saying that you're better than so, your goat.
1: And just looking at his account, it is, I believe, about Tomlin in this report. 6-11 this morning. Uh, I don't understand how you can talk about Tomlin's playoff record without acknowledging that Kenny Pickett has only played one year. Who was the quarterback for all those playoff losses? Literally, literally all the losses. Uh, Make up your minds. How you arbitrarily separate Mike and Ben in the win-loss column.
2: So maybe he's talking about Roethlisberger.
1: The GOAT of Pittsburgh?
2: Yeah, saying that he's the fan's GOAT in their mind.
1: Again. Maybe
2: uh, it's a shot at his uh, former teammate. The f- and also, by the way, Peter King did not mention his playoff record at all in his column. Right, right. He just mentioned that the seat is getting toastier. But right that, day. that,
1: if you're trying to make the argument, that's the one being thrown out. Is when's the last time they won a playoff game? Uh, the resp- well, the first response to the Mendenhall's tweet, the, this first one, the post, uh, comes from an account uh, titled "Obviously Tomlin," and it, the response is, "I don't understand how you fumbled in Super Bowl 45."
0: It could be Terry Bradshaw. Bradshaw went on record earlier talking about they need to make some big adjustments this offseason.
1: Uh, but he also, yeah, he also said that he backs Pickett, right? Bradshaw, Bradshaw did, did. Which means he's not taking the side of it's not coaching, it's the player. Well, we he's saying this. We need to, we, the we need to go to, to the coach. source and ask for if sure. If Aaron Rodgers were this? associated with this organization, he would have put a stop to this. This oh, would yeah. be done. He, he would be, be calling on out back Bradshaw. He,
2: uh, ASAP. Calling this type of activity out. Our former At,
1: players need to shut up. Yeah, need to and shut, they would. shut the
2: hell up. Issue
1: apologies you, now. Right.
2: I will have your ex account deleted. How dare you talk you about Zach Wilson? If you don't shut up. Uh, and all this race baiting. We're going to stop it right now. And the leaks. We're going to cut all that out too. Allie in the YouTube chat says, it's a dumb tweet, no doubt. But it'd be kind of bizarre if there were thousands of black people with legitimate platforms who were constantly playing armchair GM to NASCAR or something like that. 44% of the NFL is white. <laughs> this is not like a NASCAR percentage right. of, of in the sport. So I, it's pretty close to 50 50 of the, the league is, uh, is black and white. What's the percentage so of wide receiver corner? I don't think it's crazy that white people would have an opinion on
1: we, white people with a platform can also have an opinion on the NFL. We have, uh, let's see, TJ Watt on defense and an offensive line. And tied, uh, we, we
2: dominate tight end.
1: Uh, yeah, tight end. Tight end.
2: A uh, qu- quarterback would be solid. I
1: mean, but, but I'm, I'm, go but down the list. That's 50-50, um, though. Like.
2: Christian McCaffrey.
1: Yes. Uh, if you're mixed, where do, where do you fall in line?
2: <laughs> oh, is there, an, is there
1: an... What was Christian McCaffrey in Carolina? The best
2: response was hurt. Christian McCaffrey. Hurt.
1: Yes. And, yes, and?
2: And who's the backup? Yeah. Um. It, is Danny Woodhead still <laughs> in the league? If you're going to your second, the guy first off, not any running backs playing every snap, but if your second option is me asking, is Danny Woodhead still in the league? You're probably at a deficiency at that that position
1: also. Man, well, the Preston Barrios, the, pres- the, 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 the <laughs> pressure on McCaffrey to just ball out in this game is amazing. Christian, you're going to need to do everything. That, uh, in is, he, he's trending more than he ever has before, and it's not because uh, Brock Purdy said he should be the MVP. It's because, well, he's our running back, yeah. Cooper Cup. We're gonna
2: need you big time in this
1: game. Yeah, Davies uh <laughs>
2: Cooper Cup, uh a lot of tight end heavy. Let's see. O- offensive line would be fine. Um, It'd be okay, yeah. edge rusher would be good. I think you could find Max some, Crosby, d- TJ Watt. Yeah, here.
1: defensive interior guys. Okay. Sure. it's it's our our top tackle would be blocking Miles Garrett. I don't feel great it's about
2: linebacker that. Linebacker to back end of the defense, that becomes a real issue. Can I have Harrison Smith from four years ago? You're going to need Harrison Smith from four years ago. You're Keep gonna in need, mind. You're going to need John Lynch to come down from the owner's box <laughs> to the field to play safety. I,
1: I am here to say right now, uh, right in the league right now, NFL offenses are not scoring a lot of points. Uh, you, you, get, you separate it like this, this is a massacre. You want to see Defenses are already winning the battle for some reason, and the rules are stacked against the corners. Or it's the toughest position to play right now. They're already having success against passing offenses. You would have to get, We don't even have a corner. You'd have
2: to get real creative to find out how this all-white team is going to defend Tyreek Hill.
1: The, the, if, the, Some bracket coverage, oh, but who's going to be in coverage? Chad, the Caucasian defensive back on this roster. Do you
2: just like play such a cushion that you're giving up eight, nine yards a pop and just seeing if they can eight, nine yard it down the field the entire time and come up and make the tackle we'll, in hopes that they turn it over before they get in the end zone? We'll just have is to that pretend the game plan?
0: that Ryan Gosling's our corner and we just have to make up for it however we can. Yeah, Like, like Coach Boone did and remember the Titans. Allen. Allen, Ryan,
2: Ryan Gosling's character. I'm good for such and such team, but I can't play against these guys. I can't,
1: can't run with them. What we do bring is Taylor Swift to the game. Yes, we I do. Kelsey will be playing. Both of them, for that matter.
2: Does that swing the line from minus 17 to minus 15? Taylor Swift's presence?
1: No. I, I, again, I think you're going way below what it should be. I think it's more like f- minus 29 and I a half. I mean, look, it, uh, everything
2: but secondary and I think linebacker it, it would be okay.
1: And that's why it's minus 29 and now, a half. Uh,
2: yeah, problem- and that's where it gets, that's where it gets
0: tough. <laughs> well, the other thing we haven't thought about, if it turns into a kicking battle, the Whites would have the advantage there.
1: Well, yes,
2: but... It's not going to turn into a kicking battle. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to tell you, with no secondary, it's not going to turn into a kicking this is battle. Like this the, the
1: You know, the punt god, Matariza going to Buffalo for a team that doesn't punt. Yeah. Literally, what they had, like, two or three games the previous season where they punted one or two times. I
2: think it also kind of puts the white team at an even bigger disadvantage that knowing the black team would just go for two every time. Mm. Right? Yes. <laughs> like, that's going to up the points quicker. Uh, because or, you're going to be more compelled to, pu- well, Who, to, to who's kick the, the extra uh, point.
1: Who is the safety, defensive back well, in Houston? Well, there's the, the that Houston kicks. player that, that yeah. kicked. Yeah, there you go. We're screwed. Made a field goal. Yeah, a long one. Yeah. There you go. It's bad.
2: Um Black team one, white team zero. That's what we're saying. Yes. Rashard Mendenhall. Hot take. We got the tracking.
1: We appreciate and it. And Dave Chappelle gets to announce the picks at That's the right. podium. He's commissioner.
2: And Bill Burr, who was a great part of that sketch,
1: Bobby Carpenter,
2: Miss
0: you, joins us next. Miss you on hot mic. What's up, everyone? It's Nick Wright, and I got something exciting to talk to you about today. Angie, your ultimate destination for getting all your jobs done well. Now, Angie isn't just your average home services marketplace. or download the app today to discover why homeowners across the nation are turning to Angie to get all their jobs done well.
1: Sixth of the Peabody, Air location with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. You can catch uh, all the, the Outkick gear over at shop.outkick.com, 50% off, buy one, get one, 50% off. You've got the shirts, hats, polos, and more, shop.outkick.com. Buy one, get one fifty percent off for a limited time. Chad, uh, we were discussing the, the spread in Vegas for Richard Mendenhall's proposal of all black versus all white in the Pro Bowl and what the, uh, the game would turn out to be. Uh, I'm going much higher than you. I said, honestly, it could be more than this. Minus Minus twenty nine and a half is what I said. You say 17? I, and
2: I'm thinking about it. I'm getting tons of messages on this too. People love the topic. Uh, Everyone agrees with us that the white team would would lose badly. Yes. I'm going 45-21 is my predicted final score. Okay. So I'm saying minus 24. Okay. Is what I've settled on for that
1: game. Bobby Carpenter joins us. Bobby, I don't know if you've seen Rashard Mendenhall's uh, tweet or not yet, but... Mm -hmm. Uh, which which line do you prefer, and how we've set this? So Rashard Mendenhall, by the way, just to fill you in, <laughs> yeah,
3: said that yeah, he's yeah. tired.
1: Okay,
2: he's tired of hearing from average white guys on football, and said I'm better than your goat. We don't quite understand what he means by that, in in regards to your goat. I think he's mad at some criticism of Mike Tomlin and pointed to different things, but he said let's make the Pro Bowl all white versus all black. And we would destroy the the all white team was his take, and Hutton and I could not disagree with that. So we're trying to settle on a Vegas line
1: for what that game would look like. You know ours. What's yours?
3: Oh goodness, I would probably say somewhere in that area between thirteen and a half, seventeen and a half. Oh wow, that's what Jack went with immediately. Less than less than three touchdowns, but probably somewhere between two and three, maybe fourteen and a half to to seventeen and a half, maybe twenty. It's one of those significant numbers right there, man. I've, first, I've, first of all, no
2: corners, on. no corners would hurt. The question
3: is, the Pro Bowl. Yeah, you'd have to play some safety. It'd be a, a lot of cover two action. <laughs> it's it's must, it'd, this it'd must be, be
2: flagged. A lot of cover two. Yep.
3: Well, here's the here's the issue with it. Like you talk about Pro Bowl, are they playing like normal Pro Bowl right now, or is this actually going to be yeah. a real game? where they right. actually try?
2: That's a, oh, good, that, that's a good question. Uh, but they would actually try in this. Uh, I, I, I think what Shard's saying is there'd be some effort in this game, is what he's, what he's claiming. It'd yes. be better for television ratings.
3: Gosh. I mean, what's, what's great about that is I thought we were supposed to like be pushing forward and pushing past this. And like average white guys talking about him. I'm not sure. Is he talking I, about I just get the players?
1: I just get the sense this is more geared towards his reaction to the idea that Mike Tomlin is somehow on the hot seat which is also ridiculous. I
2: also yeah. think um, Ben Roethlisberger has been very um, – he's gone after on his podcast, Tomlin yep. and the Steelers. I think it's this is all about Ben Roethlisberger. And Bradshaw
1: also he's, sided with Pickett recently. He's calling
2: Roethlisberger an average white guy. I think this is what it stems from. I think there's some bad blood between those two as teammates. Yep. back There, in the there day. might be. This do I
3: don't, I don't know if Ben was maybe the b- most beloved guy throughout the entirety of his career in Pittsburgh – Uh, you know, the irony is we talk about Mike Tomlin receiving. He like, I, I don't think anybody doesn't believe that Mike Tomlin's a really good head coach. Like he's, yeah, they've never been bad. They've had like average to below average rosters and they've never been bad. They've always been good. I mean, I don't think he's ever had a losing season. The irony is now that we're talking about the reason why people are upset about him is his loyalty, which I think is a great trait, but also can be a flaw His loyalty to his, white offensive coordinator in Matt Canada. And that's the reason they were struggling and his resistance to fire him and possibly that coming from the top and, you know, whether the ownership management, whatever it is, like, and so I, I wish, listen, if Rashard Mendenhall has a problem with Ben Roethlisberger, just put his name on it, dude. You guys played together. Yeah. Like, I don't know why he would be hiding around some average white guy. If you're going to say that be like, Hey, there's a guy that a lot of people think is really mm-hmm. good. I think, yeah. think he's an average white dude playing quarterback and just throw that out there.
1: We were. I said, is he talking about Mike Allstott? Who's, who's the? Who's the? You know, uh, I, I'm Chris with you, Bobby. Come to on. me,
2: that's that's a that's a smarter uh, post and, and
1: more of an interesting discussion
2: to have than like let's just divide everybody up, <laughs> play a game. He really took it to the next level with his complaint about someone talking about Mike well, Tomlin. Is,
3: uh, Mike Tomlin stuck by Ben a lot. I mean, he was talking about the culture and different things like that. And listening to Ben's stuff, I think it's more of a criticism of Pickett than it probably is Mike Tomlin. And in all due respect, I don't think Kenny Pickett is the be-all, end-all, and I don't think he's probably the answer in Pittsburgh. I think part of the problem is their offense, and maybe part of the problem is Kenny Pickett as well. Um, But I I, I don't know anybody that's really criticized Mike Tomlin for in-game decisions, what he's done. I mean, he's... I had the respect of a lot of people in the NFL for a long time.
1: And they they just they don't have the the fundamentals and there's some flaws with this roster over the last couple of weeks. I'm assuming you saw the the George Pickens effort on that block or the lack yeah. thereof. Yes. Is, is in the league when you were playing by is there locker room justice to this? Like do you do players step up and call someone out for that effort? What what is the what's just the behind the scenes Penalty. How's it how does it how is it handled beyond just, well, we don't want him here anymore?
3: Well, especially when you look at the Ayuk effort that he gave in the San Francisco game. Yes, that's yes. I think the difference between a team that's trending upward that realizes, hey, we've got a future here. We could win a Super Bowl, and a team that might be underperforming. And let's be realistic, George Pickens, like I, I don't know if anybody's ever put him on like the all, all high-end character team. I'm not saying he's a bad guy, but He's a guy with immense talent, and you wonder has he always gotten the most out of it? And so on a team that is ascending, you see high effort. On a team that's struggling and probably, you know, sliding out of the playoffs, you see it kind of go that way. You know, to me, there's guys in that locker room. And the problem is most of them are on the defensive side where they'll say something about that because they work too hard to be able like Cam Hayward, you know, I know Cam over his time at Ohio State, he's been there 12, 13 years all pro seemingly every year, dude is a, is a boss and is a leader. And Cam is a very imposing and intimidating figure. And it's, it's tough to go across the ball and do that. But when you're in a situation where Pittsburgh is where you see your season sliding away, it wouldn't surprise me if he grabbed like, hey, we are doing we do special teams stuff together as a team on Monday after the game. But then you also might put some special plays, good or bad, uh, from offense or defense. It wouldn't surprise me if Tom puts that in there and Cam like, this isn't gonna be us, guys. So and it depends of how chronic it's been, but if that's a one off, you've been warned, now it's it. The next time it's gonna be there's gonna be words that are gonna be had. And like that's when you see locker room fights and stuff where guys start getting physical, because there's dudes that put all of it in because there's real pros. And then there's guys that like go out and just play football and they pretend like they're still playing pop warner and they've always been better than everybody. Yeah. So they think they can kind of get away with stuff. And that's where you begin to see that friction in the locker room. And I'm not saying it's gotten there in Pittsburgh or however, but I, I guarantee you on a team with Mike Tomlin as the head coach and you know Cam Hayward, people like that in the locker room, like that stuff's getting addressed.
2: What does the future of the Ohio State quarterback position look like, Bobby?
3: Um, you know, right now I think you're gonna see you know Devin Brown, Lincoln Keenholtz, and, and Aaron Nolan probably moving forward into 20 uh 24. I mean, do they possibly add somebody I, at this point? I don't see it happening in this portal round. Maybe someone after the spring, if it doesn't look good in spring ball. Uh, but I think, you know, if, if you don't get one of the top two or three guys, and let's be honest, those guys are also very expensive. And there's a finite amount of dollars that you can only spend on your team. I mean, you can always try to keep shaking the money tree. But eventually that there is a cap on that. Is George is seeing right now with maybe some of their players that we want more this guy's getting this, I want that too, and you just can't pay everybody. Um, but I, I, maybe they do something in the spring. I think they're going to roll with you know those three guys and try to develop them and see ultimately where it goes. And I think that there's a lot of talent there. They're inexperienced. You have a first-year starter again, which is less than ideal. But if you bring in a guy, you're probably bringing a one-year dude because you want to make sure your young guys feel like there's a pathway to play. And if you go get someone outside of that, like you're disrupting the balance where you bring in a guy in every year, and like every two years or so, there's going to be a competition. One guy wins, the other guy in college football, let's be honest, most likely transfers now. But that's kind of, you know, I think the methodology that Ryan's looking at. And I'd rather roll with guys who I know, who I recruited and I can develop maybe than bringing in someone else unless it's one of those top, like one, two or three guys.
1: Bobby Carpenter with us. Uh, check it out on SiriusXM channel 84, plus you've got him on social at BCARP3. I, I, I'm not trying to knock the the guy or the program here, but McCord, what's been the reaction to him choosing Syracuse and the, the perception of when you knew he wasn't going to be the Ohio State quarterback, the perception of the the program that you thought he would land with?
3: You know, I looked around in the portal and, you know, talking to some people that track it, you know, like he's probably, you know, you've got obviously, you know, Dylan Gabriel in there. Um, oh goodness. There's, there's a, you know, There's a number of them. Yes. Yeah. I mean, there, there's a, you look at a couple of guys, Leonard. You know, okay, Riley Leonard, there's probably two or three guys. You say these guys are better, but you thought he kind of fell in that second tier, maybe not four, five or six, maybe. Because he worries he he, where he's there. playing. Yeah. Well, I mean, he took Ohio state to, you know, he was, there were, 11 and one he was good maybe not elite Mm -hmm. he was battling an ankle injury you know had some nicked up a little bit this year but he made some really good plays there was still some meat on the bone but you think it's his first year as a starter i think it was pretty much hemmed up for him to go to nebraska and i don't necessarily think it was the rayola situation that derailed that possibly from you know the visit something went awry there and i don't know essentially what that was or how that looked but i think nebraska would have been probably pretty good they probably would have compensated him fairly well Going to Syracuse, I, I I don't really see that as uh, as an upgrade at all. And I don't think Ryan was planning on benching him at Ohio State. It was like, hey, but we're going to evaluate stuff, and I can't promise anything in December or September. Yeah. So he's going to Syracuse now, and it's like more money, maybe. Um, I don't know if you're going to have I as would, much talent around you. And I would believe
1: a- I would believe the money thing, except there was a big story about Bayheim and the, the big booster not being allowed to sit courtside. Remember that, uh, that yes. again? Like I, I'm just thinking like, it, it, I don't get the sense it was NIL. Maybe I'm crazy, but it was, it, I just didn't feel like that was something that anyone expected.
3: I, I was kind of shocked. Nebraska sounded about right. And it seemed like he was greased to go there and it was all going to be good. And then now it'll you know, go. Something goes awry and he ends up at Syracuse. And guys, I, mean, I, don't, I don't think that that's a great setup. I mean, over the last 25 years, Really, since Donovan McNabb, I mean, have they really had a program that you could look at that was in the mix on a year-in and year-out basis?
2: And what happened in Nebraska was Dylan Rayola, and as of about three minutes ago, it's official, he has flipped his commitment from Georgia to Nebraska. Bobby, this becomes the highest-rated recruit ever to go to Nebraska since since they started following recruiting and rankings in 2006. Now, They had some pretty good players. Heisman Trophy winners in the past. So I'm not saying he's the best ever, but from a recruiting standpoint, the highest ranked recruit, number one or number two quarterback nationally, depending on Mm -hmm. what service you follow. What does this say about Matt Rule and also now upping the expectation for Nebraska football, knowing you've got one of the premier quarterback talents in America on your roster?
3: I think this was kind of one of the things that – ultimately led to Scott Frost's demise. I mean, outside of the fact that they were losing close games on the field and things like that were happening, you had a guy who played at Nebraska who played with Dylan's father, Dom, at Nebraska. You think, hey, man, it's your center, quarterback. Like, What could be better to get a great player who's a legacy there, who's the coach played with his dad? And, and then he you know, commits to Ohio State, ultimately then commits to Georgia. But getting back to Nebraska, I think it is – It's huge because this is someone that they thought they had a chance at getting. You're probably not getting this kid unless he's a legacy, but you ultimately land him there. And what that can do is, is he can ultimately help bolster that recruiting class, bringing in other receivers, offensive line. People want to play with other talented guys and they want to be in a situation where you think you can win. Matt Rule, I believe, is a very good coach. I think he'll get the most out of him. And now it's going to be up to them to see if they can keep building this class and the next one to help some supplement, you know, his talents and what he can do.
1: Final minute here, Bobby. Uh, How many teams do you truly believe in right now in the NFL with three games left?
3: Ooh, um, the Baltimore, there's so many injuries. Uh, I'll start this. San Francisco one. Um, I think Miami two.
1: Interesting. Okay.
3: Kansas city. As long as they're not shooting themselves in the foot, I'll throw them in there. I think Philly can be in that mix. You know, if they can kind of correct the ship, like if Dallas had home field, I would probably believe in I them. Agreed. But they sh- they struggle on the road. Honestly, like a team that's playing as well as anyone now is Buffalo, but they've got to win out, Yeah. you know, to get there. Like Baltimore's good. They just lost their running back. Like there's just injury after it's injury, wide open. guys. So I would say this will be a very entertaining last four weeks in the playoffs as well.
1: And Philly's changing their play caller on defense in week 16. Yeah. nuts Matt Patricia's the new play caller there Bobby Carpenter he knows football joins us weekly Bobby thanks for, thanks so much thanks so much man and uh, I know you rescheduled some things for us today so I appreciate that as well
3: Hey man we got class parties everything going on kids stuff so I appreciate you guys thanks for helping It's the me. most wonderful time of
2: the year right.
1: Thank you Bobby <laughs> Bobby Carpenter Bcarp3 on social
3: I Know all Great about dude.
2: those holiday parties with kids programs and all that stuff
1: How many have you been to
2: Uh two different Christmas programs now, uh, mm-hmm. as of Sunday, and uh, kids have had at least three different Christmas parties. How many more t- school to come? or other organization? I think we're in the clear now. We've entered the final week, so I, I think we're uh, we're all set on that. Um, I got a stat for you on the top ten players nationally in recruiting. Okay, and where they're going. When we come back that I think is a perfect illustration. This is from Dan Wetzel on the impact of NIL that we'll talk about,
1: and the impact of how many teams are truly based on the run game in the NFL. And there's a vet who's probably playing his final games for a team that goes all in, in the backfield. That's next. Six, the Peabody, our location with e beer and old smoky moonshine. Glad you're with us. Hot Mike with Edna Withrow across the Outkick network. Uh, for watching on YouTube, we say thank you. A reminder: we go live January third on outkick.com/slash/watch. Click the watch tab, or type in outkick.com/slash/watch. You'll be able to watch all the shows live. Still be able to watch on YouTube on demand, uh, but the full show live. No, we're gonna.
2: They're gonna look into a way to Altair. have com. some sort of interaction because people are constantly bitching at me on the YouTube chat about that, well, and, and, and not hey. having the chance to interact with the show. So we'll and, come and up, we'll right come up with a way. Rightfully so,
1: by the way, we want that too.
2: Yeah, we'll come up with a way to interact with uh, with our viewership, uh, one way or another. I don't know how yet, but we'll we'll figure that out. And if you're on YouTube right. and that's your only way to watch shows, we will have like a 45 minute version of the show. At the conclusion of the oh, show every day that oh, you can watch now? is kind of a recap. Okay. I, I don't, I, I'm, I'm just saying that. I, I think okay. it's somewhere around there. Yeah. That's why I said like. Interact. Flood. You can say anything you want, Hunt, YouTube if you now. say like 45
1: minutes. Yeah, roughly. So if it's around. four
2: minutes, then it, that's like, that's kind of like 45 minutes. You're right. Maybe it's four minutes and 50 seconds. It's like saying several instead of a couple. Maybe it's four and a half hours. Who knows? I'm just, I'm going to be, be very vague with it and and just throw it all out there and see what sticks. What stat
1: stuck with you on what you saw from the portal in NIL?
2: So this is from Dan Wetzel, who just posted this on X. With the Dylan Rayola flip from Georgia to Nebraska official, the top 10 recruits per rivals are currently committed to 10 different schools. Ohio State, Nebraska, Missouri, Alabama, Auburn, Texas Tech, Oklahoma, Georgia, Texas, and Miami. And he says, NIL isn't the only reason, but it is a reason. Point being, in years past, you'd have, in some cases, maybe four or five programs represented, and that's it, with a top 10, right? You'd have Alabama getting multiple top 10 players, or Ohio State, or Georgia, all in the top 10 nationally. But Bobby's right. There's only so much money to go around. And to land a top 10 player nationally, it's going to cost you over a million dollars. Regardless of position with some of these guys can't give that to too many high school recruits these days, right? And can't promise that. So what happens? The wealth gets spread a little bit more, at least with the top 10 in America. So
1: uh, you're right. How is Ole Miss doing this then?
2: Well, they're doing in the portal,
1: but, but it's it's totally different, but it's also through NIL. It's through their collective. And it's also a program with a head coach that has been very vocal and out front about the fact that he wants to have regulation and caps in both categories. He went on sec network in August saying, quote, I Kiffin says, I think kind of accepting that you're not going to have a phenomenal culture. It doesn't mean I don't work on it, but I have to realize it's just what it is. One, we don't have many kids dying to be here. They didn't grow up wanting to go to Ole Miss. These transfers Go to a place that fits them best, and at that time, it's not about the school, end quote. It's about the, the money then. That's what fits the most. You can get playing time at a lot of places. If you don't well, want to go to Oxford, if, you, if you're not getting yeah, recruits for, because of the location, you're going for the dollar. It, it's, about,
2: it's about the money, but it's about other things too. It's about opportunity to play. It is about the coach at times. It can be I, about the system. And you know
1: I love Kiffin. but I, I, the, money,
2: the money is the most important part of it. I, I, with some guys, it's definitely just about the money. But I think what Kiffin is saying is they're not coming here because they grew up dying to play for the Ole Miss Rebels. They're coming here because they see a chance to start. They see a chance to star in my system, and they see dollar signs. So if you can get the right transfers and, and dedicate that money to them, you can do it. I, I Here's just say- how they can do it, though, Hunt, and then afford it go look at their high school recruiting class. They ain't spending any money on high school guys. That All that money now is allocated to the portal. So they have taken the approach of, we're not going to spend $1.2 million on a top 20 national player. Right. We're going to take what money we have and go get Walter Nolan and Tyler Barron and the edge rusher from Florida that I'm not going to try to pronounce his name because I'd mispronounce it badly. Staples we're going to go it. get those guys, right? Princely i I'll you call him. Yeah. We're going to go get those guys. That's where they're allocating their money. I, I, they're I, doing a good job they with are. that,
1: too. They are. But it, it's just that the coaches who have been vocal about it are the ones adapting to it and doing it well, like, behind the scenes. Nick Saban's been very vocal about it. He's got Burton. He's got a backup. He's got, he's got a lot of players that weren't getting much playing time at Georgia playing for Alabama. And more power to him on that. But he also wants things to be capped and regulated. Kiffin is on record saying, I really like college because players are so much about where they are in college. A lot of locker rooms, that's who they wanted to play for when they grew up. The passion of the fan base and everything. In the NFL, it's business. I'd say the joy is not the same. Okay. He's crushing it. And Dion is doing it the opposite of the coaches in the SEC, being very open and out and, and straight with you on, we're doing it and this is how we're going to do it. Whatever. It just it, knowing that Ole Miss is doing it, if it's about Oxford, Kiffin is trying to put that out there. If Ole Miss can do this, if Ole Miss can pony up, we were stunned last year when they gave him nine plus million to stay a year, Kiffin. If Ole Miss is doing this, why can't Missouri? Well, they are. Well, but not at this level. <laughs> Not at this level. Well, double-check those recruiting rankings because
2: Missouri is higher than Ole Miss, and they're one of those teams that's well, got one of the top ten players in America coming in. So they're, but, they're ponying but you're, up you're also. you're saying from
1: the high school level.
2: Yes. Look, again, it's all about how you want to allocate
1: it. But you have to allocate funds for the players that are coming in from high school. You can't That's do, why Nico's at Tennessee. You can't do it all. And this is,
2: what, this is the great dividing line that I'm talking about. Everybody has to decide what game they can play in. Ole Miss has decided we are not going to compete with Alabama, with Auburn even, with Georgia, with Tennessee, with Florida in high school recruiting. Because why? Because Lane Kiffin even said it in his quote, guys don't grow up wanting to come here. But what we can compete with our four- and five-star guys who go somewhere else, become disenchanted, become upset with their NIL deal there, whatever it may be, doesn't get the playing time there, we can then go pay for those guys in the portal. And now they can come to our situation. He hasn't been doing that on and defense. And find
1: that it's greener on the other side. He hasn't done it on defense. And he, he sure, he, I mean, again, he's still getting those guys to go to Ole Miss and Oxford when they're being recruited by others. Tennessee's been after Walter Nolan in high school and Tennessee's in the-
2: not after Walter Nolan right now. I can but, for a fact tell
1: you. But that. they they but he was well,
2: but Tennessee every, sees, every Walter Tennessee- Nolan is a guy who's only after money. And that was one of the issues with him at A and M. And they are not after him for that reason. But they that he doesn't care once he gets paid.
1: They Well are you saying he doesn't play?
2: I'm saying that there's there's concerns about his motivation. Ole Miss is getting guys at the quarterback position
1: to play backup.
2: I don't I don't get it. That I don't understand. But, again, it's all about – Ole Miss has got a very solid collective that's doing good things. But yes. if you want to it's, – it's about balance. Even the best and richest programs try to have balance in how they do it. What is your percentage going to be? High school recruiting versus transfer portal versus giving your current roster raises that is the third frontier that no one talks about because that is part of this game also because guys get mad when younger players come in that you had to pay for and they find out what they're making. So to get guys come back for a fifth year, a sixth year in some cases, I'll just use Tennessee as the example, since we're talking about Tennessee and Ole Miss, Tennessee allocated most of their money to get fifth year guys to come back to keep their entire offensive line intact and be super veteran across the offensive front. They spent big money on getting a guy like Amari Thomas to come back as a fifth-year defensive tackle. They want to be really old on the offensive and defensive line. Now, in doing that, you lose your entire secondary to the portal, right? You lose a Tyler Barron, who is a starter at edge, but they feel okay at other guys at that position too. So it's a it's a guessing game of how much money are we going to give the current roster versus how much money is it going to take to land the recruits that are most important in high school – versus, okay, going to have to spend on a tight end or going to have to spend on a running back or going to have to spend on a quarterback or whatever the situation may be. Ole Miss and Kentucky have just decided to take this thing to the next level only in the portal. They have given up on high school recruiting in many areas, and they are only going to pony up and spend more money than others in the portal.
1: The difference in what I think Ole Miss is doing versus the rest, because a lot of programs are trying this the head of their collective is the guy speaking on behalf of all collectives on Capitol Hill and Walker Jones. He carries a lot of weight and he's the driving force behind it. And he's got his coach going to SEC media day saying that, well, this is bad for college football. Uh, Kiffin's adapting. I don't see many coaches jumping in and doing that. Adapting well. Uh, Where's Dabo in all this? Not well, adapted.
2: Uh, again, Dabo has is doing better in the high school recruiting department. And if he can keep those teams together and not lose them and just pay for his own roster, he could still have a lot of success. It's, it's just different ways of doing it. But le- let me get back to an unintended consequence that, that we've discussed before. If Ole Miss doesn't make the 12 team playoff, their fans are now going to be upset. I would Everyone argue, will be upset, though. I in the would SEC. argue, though, Most. that that. Lane Kiffin has overachieved for Ole Miss's standards and what they have been as a program, right? So it's not the end of the world to not get in 12-team playoffs at Ole Miss. But he's now set the bar to that, and how he's going to do it is churn his, his roster every year through the transfer portal. They've set themselves up to do that now. Notre Dame is becoming a program that you can expect a different quarterback in Notre Dame every year. Yes. Is that the right way to go about it? I don't think so. I'd rather have a guy start for two-plus years. In my program, if I if I had my choice. But if you can't get the five-star guy who works right away, this is what you have to do. So Hutton, it is about adapting. It's about necessity in certain instances where you get desperate because you need a certain position or you need a certain guy, and you may overpay for that. And the market, I don't think, is completely stabilized. It's starting to a little bit. But it's all about how do you want to target and allocate your resources. And there's very few programs that just have unlimited resources. Even the biggest ones, they have to make a choice at some point as to who they're going to pay right. more than others or and how that own money's going to go.
1: Or pay another one in the portal. It's or
2: you got to be okay saying, you know, we got a lot of good players in this team. You can walk, even if we really like you as a player, because we're not going to go any higher than this
1: figure. The, the and they one, walk. The one year and done at quarterback is not going to work. But look at the SEC last season, not this past season, and compared the guys that were coming back for two plus years, they were flourishing at the quarterback spot. Not great across the board in total this year. Guess who was the Pac-12 guys who have been there Mm -hmm. for a couple of years, or they? Jay Daniels, by the way, a transfer. Great coaching.
2: A transfer, but how many years was he there? That was his second Second year in the system. Second year. A transfer, but still got two years there at LSU to play. It makes a big difference when you can come back for a second year in a system and be around the same teammates for that long. It's a big advantage. And it's an advantage that a lot of programs aren't going to see. Ole Miss had the advantage of that. This year with Jackson Dart, who came That's back right. who was the start of the year before, and guess what? They went from I think 8 and
1: 5 and to 10 and 2. Milroe took some the time. Milroe took time. It yeah. took it took back a lot of time, quite frankly. But but Bennett's winning back-to-back. I I just think
2: the 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 High Wire Act and the balance that has to go on with collectives, coaches, everyone to decide what is best for our program year to year. We've discussed this a lot on the show, Hutton. I never even look at the class of a player anymore. Junior, senior, fourth year, fifth year. I don't know what it means. Because, exactly, with a COVID year, they all get an extra year anyways. But also, who cares? Because you don't know that guy's coming back. You just assume everyone is a free agent every year and go from there. Then you get to see, okay, this guy's committed to come comeback, this guy's not. All right, where do you need players? That is the same for every college football fan across America. You have spent more time on your team's website than ever because every day there is new news about guys leaving, guys visiting yes. from other programs, guys coming in. Oh, we better go find a tight end, or we better go find a left tackle. That is every minute, every hour news. So it's helped all those websites for sure. With coverage of this, but it, to me, it's it's a big. It's not a guessing game because there's strategy behind it. But you got to get lucky at some point too. Maybe Ole Miss is, is the one that's going to get lucky by just saying we're going to throw a I ton mean, of money in the portal every year yeah. and see what we get out of it. Their
1: fans will be happy at that point. Hey, they're winning. They should be happy regardless. Dion's going to try to do it as well. Without Dion's got to find line that work out
2: for him. That's the key for him. He's going to win if he does that.
1: He's. He's everywhere. He's, He's winning. Got the guys, He's got skill to get the players sure. out to win. Join us tomorrow, 3 o'clock Eastern, right here for Hotline with Hunter Withrow across the Outkick Network.